So the big question is this, how do we have the freedom we crave so badly when we're stuck in jobs we don't like, leaving us unfulfilled, exhausted and trapped? What if I told you that you're already qualified enough to start building a life on your terms, the life of your dreams? That is the question and this podcast will show you how by giving you the answers. My name is Jade Weller and welcome to Jade Start Secrets Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Jade and welcome to another episode of Jade Start Secrets Podcast. I'm joined with Jen Hamilton. She's a human potential coach and we're actually really excited to dive into this topic because Jen's going to share a lot about her journey as becoming an entrepreneur, now a, a human potential coach, doing a lot of coaching, but she did it all amazingly with two beautiful kids. So there's a lot of challenges you face along the way and we're really excited to dive into some of those topics today. So thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. So let's frame up a little bit about um, who's Jen, a bit about what you were like growing up. Yeah, and who's Jen? I love that question. <laughs> who, who am I? <laughs> so a little bit about me from going back to early years. So lived a you know, fairly normal life, had a brother and a sister, moved up from um, Melbourne to Brisbane when um, I was about six and loved Brisbane life. And I've always, I've, I was never exposed to business. Mm. Um, so I had, you know, family that were in Melbourne that had businesses and my parents were always like, no, no, you go out, you get a job, you work for someone and you work full time until you're 65. Yeah. And that was what was sort of ingrained to us. Yeah. And I always sort of felt a little bit like, I think I can challenge this. And I challenged almost everything that yeah. my parents said that you don't <laughs> do. Um, I was a bit of a rebel the whole way through, actually. <laughs> <laughs> And so when I was 15, I was going to, um, I was in school, I was in an all girls, you know, um, Catholic high school and I just wasn't loving it. Yeah. And I said to my parents, I said, I really want to leave school. Mm-hmm. And they said, look, please don't go out and just, you know, get a job as a, a checkout chick and just do that. You know, do something that's sort of more career focused. Mm-hmm. And so I spoke to the guidance counselor at the school and there was an opportunity that actually came up for a dental assisting role for a specialist practice in um, in the city here. Yeah. And I was only 15, it was the start of grade 11. And Had you I, previously thought about dentists? No, not at all. <laughs> but I wasn't enjoying school. I had the option to go and get a job or I could change schools. Yeah. Um, and so I said to my parents, no, do you know what? I want to go out into the workforce. I I was you know attracted to making money. I was mm. like, okay, so you mean I can live? And it was easy back in those days. Mm. Um, I can go and leave school and I can get paid. Like someone's going to put money into my account and I'll have money for things. Like yeah. this is amazing. So by the time, I'll say this was grade 11. Mm-hmm. So by the time all my friends still back in school mm-hmm. were going to school in grade 12, I was buying my first car and paying cash. And I was, you know, it, I wasn't, you know, working just school hours anymore. I had, uh, you know, my Monday to Friday job. And I was working my um, my weekend job as well at the local corner shop Yeah. because um, I didn't want to give that up. I had been doing that since I was in school and I was like, well, I'm working full time. I might as well work my weekend job as well. Yeah. So essentially I was working six days a week Yeah. and nothing really changed from then after. So I was working um, at the, the dental clinic for a couple of years mm-hmm. and then I went um, into a role as a PA in publishing and marketing mm-hmm. for seven years mm-hmm. and just grew and evolved there. Yeah. And that was a full-time role. And during that role as well, it was almost like I was like addicted to working. 
Yeah. And I always, most of the time, had a side job. And at some point, I had three jobs. Yeah. So there was a time I was doing waitressing on weekends um, with a catering company. There was another role where I was doing photography at a bar on Wednesday nights. <laughs> I also worked part-time in an adult store yeah. on evenings and weekends. And I really enjoyed the lifestyle that I lived because I was in my early 20s. Mm. I was able to live by myself, I mm. was, you know, able to buy my own cars and yeah. go on, you know, trips and do the things that I wanted to do. Yeah. So I was always sort of really driven by work and worked really yeah. hard, really hard, really hard. But I always felt that I wanted to work for myself eventually as well. Yeah. Yeah. And after I left the publishing firm after seven years, I was sort of in and out of jobs, just sort of going, well, what do I actually want to do with my life? Yeah. And I worked at a modeling agency at the Gold Coast for a little while. I worked in the car industry. So you'd sampled a lot of different industries, I, yeah, a lot of different careers. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I was good at everything that I did because yeah. I always put everything, I put all of myself into these roles. Yeah. I always gave 100%. Yeah. And, you know, always, you know, when I was, um, you know, working in the car industry and aftermarket or, you know, some people might know it as the Ming Mole role, yeah. <laughs> um, selling, you know, paint protection and, and yeah. tint, you know, within a couple of months, I was in the top 10 salespeople of Queensland. Yeah. Um, you know, I applied myself and I was really driven, yeah. um, but it just wasn't for me. These roles yeah. I was going into, they were easy to get yeah. um, or easy for me to get, I suppose, because I had the personality. But it just wasn't fulfilling my soul. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I just sort of had a lot of short jobs here and there, and thought, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then after a few months, it was like, no, this is not, not it. Enough. No, yeah. exactly, not challenging. Or I just wasn't enjoying the mm. space. Mm. And then I was in my mid twenties, and I'd done a lot of, um, you know, meditation. I got into that sort of quite early on in my twenties, and I really enjoyed that. And I, through the meditations that I did every week, um, I learned psychometry. So psychometry is being able to read energy through someone's jewelry and do readings for people. And I started doing that on the side. I was actually quite good at it. I really, really enjoyed it. And then I wanted to offer products as well. And I was obsessed with Himalayan salt lamps. Mm. And so I thought, Do you know what? I'm just going to look into getting a supplier and maybe start selling these. So mm. I did. And there was a huge market for it as well. Mm. And then, so my business, Cloud9 Health and Wellness, was originally born from the service that I offered. Yeah. So, which was, you know, doing, um, you know, meditations and then offering the psychometry. And, mm. you know, I wanted to dive into Reiki and, and mm. energy-based healing. And that's where, you know, Cloud9, you want to feel like you're on Cloud9. Mm. And then I thought, you know what, Cloud9 Health and Wellness... I can turn this into a shop and I can, you know, sell all the products. And it was um, my, actually, the contact that you put me on to, Stace, our, yeah. our graphic designer, who came up with the most amazing logo for me and had four elements in it. Yeah. And with these elements was born, for me, the way I resonated with these elements were life, body, mind and space. Mm -hmm. And it all just came together because health and wellness isn't just celery juice and yoga yeah. it is you know it's your whole life how yeah. you are it is about your body yeah it is about your mind and it's a space around you as well yeah you know you you know you're quite an energetic person you know that if you know if your home feels nice and relaxing or if it's not overly cluttered you feel yeah relaxed and different or if there's yeah. beautiful affirmations to read or color yeah so i took all these concepts and just ran with it and opened a store yeah so 
I opened a store online. It was actually it was helped Jen to launch. This you did, <laughs> you did. Yes. Yeah. So in the mix of all that, when this was yeah. actually so when um, you know, when I decided that I wanted it to be a store, um, it was one of those serendipitous moments, wasn't it? Because I I don't even know how it came about, but I saw advertised. I think it was on Facebook, or I got an email or something saying that there was a government government grant available. Um, and it was available if you were a parent and I think wanting to work from home. It was very sort of specific. And yeah. I was like, I ticked these boxes. I was like, okay, so I can get funding to go towards a business coach, but I don't have a business coach. Oh, okay, I'll put the call out kind of thing. And I think I put a post on Facebook, which you'd responded to because we were friends on Facebook. We'd yeah. met through a mutual friend. And you message me and you're like, I'm actually launching, you know, my business, JSAC Consulting. You know, um, I can help you with this application. Let's work together. And, you know, I was successful in obtaining this government grant, mm. which, you know, you helped me put together all the forms and everything involved. And, you know, we, we got the funding, which went towards, you know, you helping me out. It went towards my marketing. And then the second part of it was setting up, you know, the account side. So we did it all properly with, the, you know, the trust up and a company and, and all the did things. The we did we the did website the marketing. Yeah, we did lots of different things. Yeah. Um, it just all fell into place. It really did, yeah. yeah. And it was, you know, without your help, I wouldn't have been able to get to where it is today. Mm. And so since then, so I had all of the products as well. So I yeah. thought, you know, okay. And I thought the way to do it is have all the products and I'll be like one of those really big stores, yeah. you know, <laughs> these online stores. And the money involved in setting yes. that up because suppliers don't let you just buy things here and there or advertise products and stuff. Mm -hmm. You've got to do minimum purchase orders, mm -hmm. whether it's like minimum $200, $500, $1,000 for yeah. orders. And then I was having to store all these products you know, at my home in spare rooms or garages. There's yeah. like a little mini warehouse. I had to have all the insurances for everything. Yeah. It was a lot. And I really had no family. I had my family's support. Um, even though it was sort of like, oh, Jen's got another idea because Jen always has these ideas. Oh, okay, so Jen's starting an online business. Okay, cool. Yep, go, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> but they weren't, I didn't, um, I didn't have anyone to look up to as such yeah. or coach through business that had done it in the family before. Mm. I was, and, and it was almost frowned upon like, you, you, you want to, you know, be your own boss. You want to have a business. Why don't you just go to work? someone and you'll yeah. get a wage and you'll get superannuation you'll get your holidays I was like no because you know there's there's ways to make money and have like this incredible life that I can have by doing it on my own yeah and I'm very much a lone wolf in life and in business and a lot of things it's like no I can do this myself <laughs> you're independent you're very yeah independent. very you're independent pave maker yeah yeah um, and so, yeah, I had, you know, all the products and stuff from home and I just sort of kept expanding the range and, and you know, that I've still got some products that have been sitting there for a little while that I thought would move really well and then they didn't. Mm -hmm. Other times, you know, things would fly off the shelves and I was so blessed when Afterpay sort yeah. of really started coming to light. Mm -hmm. So Afterpay had been around for a little while and I thought, do you know what? I'm seeing it everywhere at the moment. I'm going to apply for it. Mm -hmm. And I got it, and the week that um, I had gotten onto, because the way it used to run it was new businesses would come on board, they would be featured on the front page of the Afterpay website. Yeah. The week that I got featured on the front page was the week that they went to market on Channel 9. 
And that was when everyone going after pay, after pay, after pay. And so my, like my views on my website, I just had piles of stock like going out because I was just one of these ones on the front page. People like, oh yeah, cloud nine. I had like, I had done all the photography for my business. Like I had, I remember one day, um, my partner at the time and I, we, I cleared out everything in the living room, set it all up like sort of like a studio with like furniture, then as much product and stuff and sort of set it all up. And then that was my, my um my thumbnail image for the for the afterpay website and it just went off and i was so grateful for just the timing of that yeah so i had afterpay and then i had zip pay and then you know there's been some really incredible groups on facebook that i've been able to do free Mm. advertising on Mm. and and bits and pieces so and the thing is cloud9's always been a side hustle for me because yeah. as you know, when we were, you know, going through the start of the grant, I came down to the coast to have a meeting um, and I, it was our second meeting, I remember, and I sat down, you're like, how's things? I'm like, I'm pregnant with my second baby and I'm like, I'm going to be one of those mums that runs their business around their children. So when the baby's asleep, I will get on and I'll do the blogs and I'll do my website and look at me go. You and were already oh amazing goodness. with one child. I I, yeah, I had one child. I thought if anybody could do it, it would be Jen. <laughs> oh, my God. If anyone tells you they can, like, have a baby and be in the launch stage of a business, they're either, like, God or full of shit. <laughs> I actually have one client at the moment. I call her my baby mama. Yeah. She is amazing. She came to me at 36 weeks pregnant. Oh, my and goodness. She's like, I'm opening a salon in August. Oh, wow. A home salon. So we're going to be converting downstairs and I need your help to set it all up. So I was like, okay, but let's take this, at, you know, let's mm. take it at a pace that you feel comfortable at. Like, we don't need to smash ourselves to get it done mm. i kid you not every week and a half she calls me she goes okay i've done that module what's next oh my goodness just, so there are people out there <laughs> i'm saying that her baby sleeps a lot so. yes yeah, mine didn't like i remember yeah. i'd have him in the moses basket next to me yeah and i would start work i'd even get the photo oh look at me i'm doing the business and my baby's asleep put my phone down and i need one to feed and i'm like i can't get anything done yeah. and run a household as well yeah. and have another child to look after yeah and, and millie so, your daughter your daughter she's yeah. she's so beautiful i love her so much she is so inquisitive and loves to chat too so oh I she does imagine, doesn't she <laughs> could imagine anything you're doing what are you doing mommy all the time all yeah. the time and she often still like if i'm sitting at my in my office downstairs she'll come down She's got like a little pretend laptop and she sits there and pretends oh. to do work. Or if we're, yeah, if we're at the beach or something, she's like, oh, you know, we'll do work and stuff. And, and yeah, she, she's very interested. She's very much a copycat. So I'm quite mindful with my children as well, yeah. what they're sort of seeing that, you know, we do work and we can work really hard, but then we close our laptops and we can go and have some fun and go yeah. play. Yeah. Um, and my son's just, just wants to play with monster trucks and dinosaurs <laughs> and, and Batman. And he's got Batman. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so Cloud9's always still been a bit of a side hustle. So I did, you know, go back to working for someone else for a while um, because I sort of wanted the business to fund itself, keep itself going. Yes, I would have loved to have taken it further, but at the time, like, I had a mortgage, I had yeah. children, like, all the things. So I had chosen to go back to work. Yeah. Um, so then after my son was born, then a couple of years later, my partner and I had separated. Mm-hmm. 
And so there was no way I was giving up the business, but I kind of put it on hold for a bit. I said, look, what do I need to slow down with as well? I had to find my feet again in the world. I had to find out who I was as a person. Mm. I had to take on the role of being, you know, a part-time solo mum, a business owner, you know, get back into working and just find my feet. Who am I? You know, like you asked at the the start, who is Jen? You know, who am I? I had to sort of rewrite the story because you don't you can't have a purpose in your business if you don't know who you are because otherwise anything that any purpose that you think you have if you don't know who you are it's going to change because yeah. as soon as you realize who you are that purpose may not be what you what resonates with you anymore yeah so you kind of yeah you can't put the apple before the car or yeah, yeah yeah absolutely and with um with cloud nine i also felt that i had a lot of resistance especially from the beginning being the face of the business yeah I sort of, I hid behind the business for a while, but looking back, I hid behind a lot of things in life as well. I hid yeah. behind um, job titles or mm-hmm. high profile companies that I was working for, mm. or I hid behind being a mum. Like I wasn't mm. expanded into owning my true self, yeah. owning who I was and just purely being confident enough to put me out into the world. Yeah. And so there was one day I chose to redesign my website and I put an about me on there and I put my face on it. And it was almost like there was this fear of judgment that if my website wasn't perfect, that I would be judged by friends and family or people looking at it. Or if they'd they'd know me, they're like, oh, okay, well, she's got a really shit website. She must be a shit person. Like that was sort of the mindset that I was running. And it was like, until it's perfect, I can't. You know, I can't be the face of it yeah. because I will only, you know, have that persona of perfection. Yeah. You know, and this was going back years ago. I, I um, have to admit, I was exactly the same. So I have a, I have a big fear of being judged as well, yeah. and I was hiding behind working for people and whatnot. It's only yeah. been sort of the last year and a half I really felt comfortable coming out and being on social media and starting to yes. in my own space. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm exactly the same. And when you sort of release the shackles of, you know, worrying about fear and being stuck in that space and you just stop giving a shit so much, (laughs) magic happens. It really does. And then that actually shines through in everything that you do as well. And so I put my face on there and it was like, okay, well, if I'm seen... What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. And if people want to judge me, then that's okay too. I'm more than comfortable in myself and who yeah. I am and what I do. Yeah. Um, so, so that was the website. And then I found my creative outlet and yeah. I started doing resin art and painting. Yeah. So while everything was just sort of going on and I was sort of very, you know, logical, you know, um, very left brain, yeah. I discovered how much I love colour and then I did a workshop with resin art and I pursued it further and I, you know, that's sort of my creative outlet. And then I started, you know, selling my pieces online as well. Yeah. And then the resistance I had to calling myself an artist. Mm-hmm. And even my friend said to me, she's like, you're you selling are. artwork. <laughs> you're an artist. So I'm like, but who am I to be called an artist? Yeah. And it's the same thing. Who am I to be called an entrepreneur? Who am I to be called a coach? Yeah, it's all yeah. these. You know, it's all these labels and stuff. There are people that are better than me out there doing Abs- it. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm only I don't new to this. Them. Yeah. Exactly. How can I? How can I sell a piece of artwork? You know, it was it was all these things that I went through, yeah. and it's like, do you know what? I can own it. I can just own who I am, and that's who I am. So I started selling my artwork on my website as well, yeah. which does really well. And then um, I knew that I wanted to do more with life. 
So I was working, um, I was managing a gym at the time. Yeah. This was a couple of years ago. And Cloud9 was sort of still there, just still sort of running on the side. And I wanted to do more with it. But it was also just about finding the time for it as well. Yeah. Like I, I'd have always this epic long to-do list of always stuff that had to be done, whether it was, you know, redesigning the new website, changing all the product photos to square size. And I remember one time I had to, um, I had to fly to Sydney and I used to love my trips to and from Sydney. I was flying in and out a fair bit. And I used to love my trips because I got time without internet to do things. And so yeah. I'd resize all my, I'd have them already on my phone, resize them all to squares. And then when I got there, I'd upload them all and, yeah. you know, having it there to go. But it was always me doing it behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like the website, it, look, it's still not perfect, you know. <laughs> but you've grown um, as a person. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I have. Yeah. So when I was working at, at the gym and I was loving what I was doing and I, um, kind of gotten out of the the tunnel of oh my god who even am I now that I'm you know I'm single after you know being with my partner and engaged for seven years um, I was I was a mom I was you know going through the whole you know who am I I was listening to a podcast one day and they were talking about hypnotherapy and the power of it and I'd had hypnotherapy many many years ago which actually turned into a past life regression during the session. And I was fascinated by it. It's something that I've, you know, I've always explored mindset and, yeah. and I've always been sort of fascinated by it. And I thought, oh, hypnotherapy. And a couple of weeks beforehand, and I have conversations with the universe all the time, guides or whoever's listening, usually in my car, you know, I'm just talking to myself, talking to whoever's listening. And I was like, I really need to just get comfortable. What's my purpose? Where is it? What yeah. is it? Like, what do I enjoy doing? And I'd ask, I almost need to coach myself through it. Yeah. It's like, what am I, where are my values sitting? Yeah. You know, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah. What do I want my life to look like? And I remember having a conversation with my mum one day, you know, and we we're talking about work. She's like, you know, are you going to do this business thing? You know, is this, is this what you want to do? And I said, oh, look, I would love to be retired by 40. And she scoffed at me as if, as if, as one, as if you can do it and as if people actually do that. Because it was sort of so ingrained that that was you know, like you loading worked. the bullets into the gun. You're like, yeah. watch me go, mum. Yeah, watch and, me go. and I have <laughs> always been that so rebellious. Like yeah. you say, I can't do something. Hang on a minute, yeah. I'm gonna go do something, and I'm gonna absolutely kill it. And yeah. then you can just sit back and go, oh, my top just so. And so, um, yeah. So hypnotherapy came about listening to a podcast, and I thought I would love to explore this. And I was yeah. like, and I'm I get ideas all the time for things. And so I slept in it. I was like, don't make an impulsive decision to go and study. Like, think about what's involved. Yeah. I started Googling courses, different schools that offer it, different types of hypnotherapy. Yeah. And I found one and I rang them. They said, look, the next course in Brisbane isn't until the following April. And this was in the September, yeah, about the September. Yeah. And I said... Well, I can't wait for them, you know. <laughs> I, I'm going to do this. I've decided, I slept on it and I was like, how does it feel within me? Is there any sort of kinesthetic response to saying I'm a hypnotherapist? Mm -hmm. So I would say that and sort of see in my body how it felt. If yeah. I had any sort of blockages in here, it meant that something to do with my ego and my solar plexus was reacting to it. If I felt something in my heart, if it felt like my throat got caught up, I needed to speak my truth about something. So I sort of went in and, you know, I'm a hypnotherapist. Okay, that, that sounds cool. That's sitting comfortably. Okay, I could make this work. All right. And I love to help people. And I love, you know, the service-based industry. And what can I bring to the table as a person? And so 
literally within a couple of days, I had signed up and paid for a course. Instead of doing the one in Brisbane with the prac in Brisbane in the April, I was getting on a plane a week and a half later to go to Sydney to fly and fly out to do prac in Sydney. (laughs) I used majority of my points on yeah. my um, my velocity card. I've been saving them up for so long. And so for cash flow, I was like, I'll just fly in and out of points. Um, I arranged with my kid's dad to have the kids like an extra couple of nights those weekends and doing swap weekends as well because I had to work in with his schedule. He's very busy with work. The kids were in family daycare then. So I spoke to their daycare mum and said, look, is it all right for a couple of like 5.30 a.m. starts, which, you know, she was so helpful with. Everyone was so supportive. I organized it with work to have a couple of days off, you know, every couple of months. And the fact that it just went bang, 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 all the ducks lined up in a row. And I knew then, okay, this is a clear path. This is the clear path to make it work. So I get to Sydney on my first, I've been to Sydney like years and years beforehand. And I remember, um, going into the classroom, I found my, my way around and I remember going into the classroom at the Sydney University and I went and sat next to this girl and said, oh, do you mind if I sit next to you? And I tell you what, she was like a mirror of me. Like we Aww. had so much in common. We just hit it off. We both had two children, both separated, both like just so much in common. Mm. And we're still in touch today, you know, mm. this is going back, you know, last year. Um, and I absolutely loved the practice. And I got in there going, I want to know what hypnotherapy is. Tell me how it works. Tell me how the mind works. How can you put someone into hypnosis? Speak to their subconscious. And they have these epically, like, incredible life changes. And the first thing the facilitator says is, well, no one actually knows how hypnosis works. All we know is that it does work. <laughs> it's this, you know, phenomena. And I was like, oh, I was kind of hoping for, like, the science behind it. Yeah. So... From there, I'd also, you know, really... Before you go, yeah. did you actually ever find out the answer for anybody listening? What is hypnotherapy It's, the it's a phenomenon. It, they don't actually know. It's they odd. know how to do it. Oh, wow. But they don't actually... It, it's, it, yeah, it's a phenomenon. So we know how to do it and we know, you know, different ways and to put someone into trance and, you know, speak directly to their subconscious. But there's no scientific sort of mechanics of it. Oh, so and they've ever studied the effects of it. Well, they, they do, but there's nothing definitive. Mm. You know, there's no definitive answer about it. And yeah. you can study brainwaves. You can study, you know, the, and there is all of that out there. Mm. But we know it works. Yeah. And it works for, you know, 98% of people. There are a couple of people, you know, up, you know a couple of percent of people that literally cannot be mm. put into a trance. Mm. There's some people you don't put in a trance. So if someone's under the influence or, you know, very heavily medicated or something, you know, then... They won't go into a trance. Um, but if someone's ready and willing to, mm. then it can happen. I always used to think hypnotherapy was somebody waving a magic power, going, look into my eyes, and then boom. They mm. But I actually realised it's self-hypnotherapy. It so. absolutely <laughs> is. So a couple it makes so of much things, more sense yeah. after that. <laughs> a couple of things I'll break down with this. So on the first day of track when we got to all sort yeah. of practice on each other, I was the one that walked in and went, <laughs> I'm too strong, I won't be hypnotized, you can't hypnotize me, try me, kind of thing. Yeah. And with that attitude, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, I wanted to sort of, I wanted to be the rebel and break it. Don't know where that came from. So I tried to go in there and break it. And then it was like, well, if you don't want to be hypnotized, you won't be hypnotized. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, all right, I'll play along, kind of thing. Like yeah. you've got to, you've got to want to do it. Yeah. And there's so much sort of stigma around it that you lose control, yeah. that you, you know, 
that someone's controlling your mind yeah. or that if I had a dollar for every time I'll be asked if I'm going to make someone cluck like a chicken. <laughs> Just a dollar every time. You know, the suit would be Gucci. <laughs> We'd be coming to you live from my penthouse, like in the Greek islands. Like. <laughs> oh, so there, no, the thing is, there is stage hypnosis mm. and stage is entertainment. Yeah. And, you know, people will play along to be on stage mm. as well. Um, and, you know, a stage hypnotist is very good at what they do. They find the most compliant people to be up on stage. Yeah. And there's some really fascinating hypnosis. I can't remember the name of the guy that does it, but if you look up on YouTube, hypnosis ice bath. Ice bath. Yes. Yeah. So it's this clip. It's um, not ice bath Hoff Hoffman, is it? No, Wim Hof. Yeah. No, 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 nothing oh. to do with Wim Hof. No, 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 that's the breathing technique, a little bit different. So basically they put someone under hypnosis, they put them into an ice bath. Now, generally, you would be freezing, yeah. literally freezing, and they even had thermal cameras on because it's a clear bathtub. And they're under hypnosis, and they're being told the water's really warm. So they're comfortable and relaxed in this absolutely freezing bath. And all the thermals show that they're comfortable, like that they're, at, they're maintaining a standard um, body temperature. Wow. And then the hypnotist says, now, when I tap on the side of the bath, You'll feel how cold it is. Taps it, the guy jumps out. Freezing, absolutely freezing. Puts him back into the trance, tells him that the water's warm and he gets back in. The therm will show that he regulates his body temperature again, goes back in comfortably. Wow. It is absolutely incredible. So the other really cool thing that um, I think it's available on YouTube as well yeah. is someone's under hypnosis and actually it's done with Robbie Williams. Oh, really? And yeah, the singer. And of something about him, I think it was like having something in his hand or I can't quite remember, but he was bleeding. But the hypnotist was able to tell him that the bleeding had stopped. And instead of something, say, for example, going through your hand and bleeding on both sides, they're actually controlling the way the blood coming out of just one side and not coming out of the hole so in the other side. Change the physical dynamics yes, of the body. Because wow. it's literally, if you can um, remove the ego mind yeah. and speak directly to the subconscious, you can tell it anything to believe anything. Wow. And so what you know to be true doesn't necessarily exist. Yeah. And this is how we have so many, you know, positive experiences with, you know, people, you know, giving up addictions, yeah. um, you know, people, you know, working through phobias and, you know, I've, I've worked with clients with OCD and addictions and, and all the things. And it's just that you can really do hypnosis for anything. Mm. You know, if you want to change, if it's literally just a thought pattern that you want to change, it can be changed. Wow. And so, you know, if you sort of said to me, you know, hey, look, um, you know, I really want to, you know, cut down from two to one glasses of wine of an evening or something. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the way that, you know, I would say to you as a person, hey, look, you could just stop. You know, yeah. And then you're like, oh, yeah, but. And then you find all the excuses. Yeah. But when you're speaking directly to subconscious and loading things up in a way that makes them believe that one's just enough or that, that you know, that they don't need the other one, yeah. then... Things start to shift. Yeah. And that's just, you know, a very, very basic example of, you know, mm -hmm. what could happen. But, you know, phobias around flying, phobias, you know, around certain animals like spiders and stuff, um, you know, dreams. And a lot of the, um, the, you know, the ones that I see, they're having, you know, breakthroughs within a couple of sessions. Wow. You know, it only takes a few sessions to get, you know, on top of these things. And I've heard of people seeing, you know, therapists and stuff for years and years on end, mm. seeing a psychologist for different things. 
and after a few sessions of hypnotherapy, completely changed. I actually see a lot of people that are scared to set up businesses or they're scared of failure or they're yeah. scared, like me, I'm scared of success. So I'm constantly mm. in my mind trying to battle through a scenario that I feel might be successful yeah. because it's an uncharted territory. Yeah, for absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. So whilst I was doing my hypnotherapy, they also recommend um, you know doing NLP, so neuro-linguistics programming mm -hmm. as well because there's a lot of NLP in the talk through hypnotherapy and the side part the other part of the course i was doing was um, strategic psychotherapy so clinical mm -hmm. hypnotherapy and strategic psychotherapy yeah and so while i was doing that um an option for a course came up to do nlp and mm -hmm. it was um you know the, the master practitioner mm -hmm. and i signed up to do it and that, that was based in brisbane um and it was with you know i was doing it with some people that i knew it was a very comfortable environment and on the first weekend of doing it um, it started on the Friday and I was just sort of going through stuff in life. I was sort of at that point where I was really starting to question and just feel that sort of sense of overwhelmed. I had been, um, it was coming on a, around a year of being, you know, separated from my ex and just, you know, running life and running, 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 running nonstop. Mm. And I had a huge year. And it started, like the, the cracks started showing by the yeah. end of the year. So it was in, um, in the December that I started this this NLP course and by the second day I broke mm. I broke and I didn't realize that doing this course I would have to go inwards before I could go outwards yeah. and help others yeah. I thought oh I'm just going to learn the mechanics of speaking a certain way yeah. I'm just going to learn how to help people and it's just it's just the programming you know I can yeah. just help people with what you know all this stuff and I broke so beautifully it was the most amazing breakdown. If you can have an amazing <laughs> breakdown, um, like there was, there was yelling and there was screaming and there was like running off and there was, there was so many realizations, so many truth bombs. Um, and to break down, to break through, you got to break down. Yeah. So I had the right royal breakdown and I had the breakthrough. And from that point onwards, it was like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Mm. And without that breakdown. I couldn't have been where I am today. Mm -hmm. And what I find so much in the work that I do is, you know, to teach it and to preach it, I've got to go through it. Yeah. You know, and I can't, um, I can't, you know, I can help others. But if I've experienced it or if I kind of know what level they're at, mm. it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, it was actually, we, we just, I just did an interview with, um, with Norm from Bed Down. Yeah. And he was, he said the same thing. He set up a charity where he helps convert vacant spaces into overnight accommodation for the homeless. But before he could even help them, he had to go spend some nights on the street. So he knew what they were experiencing. you got to understand it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I continued doing my, my NLP masters and, and that included, you know, obviously timeline and then there's holographics involved, mm -hmm. a lot of energy work, a lot of things. So that was sort of um, going on as I was finishing up my mm -hmm. prac in hypnotherapy. And then after I, you know, got my, my NLP masters done, I, you know, that was my title of, you know, human potential coach that sort of was born from that. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, well, yeah, we could go with life coach and life coaching is amazing. But uh, to me personally, life coaching is very similar to the, it's the new personal trainer. Mm. You know, everyone's sort of doing a short course or wanting to do it, wanting to help other people kind of thing. Mm. But for me personally, 
It was about diving deeper. Yeah. So with my clients, I want to be able to dive into that energetic level. Yeah. We can dive into a spiritual level. I've got a very, very spiritual side as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all these sort of different, you know, places that I can go with my clients. Mm. And I'm always continuing to do the work as well. Mm. So I've been seeing, you know, coaching clients for a while. And then we do sort of some hypnosis in there as well. Mm. And so that's, yeah, that's where I'm at today wow yeah all an incredible <laughs> journey and such an inspiring history so what have been like maybe we can talk about some of the the high points and some of the low points so yeah. I, what's today been the best part about or the best experience or maybe the best moment or story um gosh probably the first day i was in like a clinic space to see clients mm. Mm. I was offered by um, a friend of mine to work from, you know, his place of business. Um, once I, you know, started coaching, he he believed in me and saw the light I couldn't yet see in myself. I knew it was in there and I knew what to do. Yeah. It was about believing in myself to do it. And it's always that first time, like, you sit down to, you know, at a new job or, yeah. you know, you sit down at university in your first lecture and you're like, who am I? What am I doing here? Yeah. And then when you're qualified, you're like, I, I don't, I've got no experience, but you know, you've got to do the work to get the experience. Yeah. And I remember having my first client and everything just flowed so perfectly. And mm. I was able to facilitate positive change with my first client. Actually, I saw five clients that day. And I was just like, holy shit, like this fills my soul. This is what I've been working for. Everything I have done in my life, all the rebelling as a child, all the work I've done, all the, the shit I've been through, all the highs, all the lows has brought me to this very moment where my soul is warm and I am fulfilled yeah. because I get to do the work on myself. Yeah. I get to learn from others. And I get to help other people. Yeah. And I've always, always, always been about helping other people. Yeah. And you spent and so, so long looking for that feeling. Yeah, I've spent so long searching through different jobs and meeting different And I had so much fun along the way. Yeah. I've met so many amazing people I've had mm. some incredible experiences but nothing sort of I didn't sort of feel fulfilled yeah. in my day-to-day -day with what I was doing yeah and so by seeing clients and being able to go do you know what I see you yeah you know and I want to help you if yeah. you want to help yourself you've taken the first step yeah. so generally with my clients like we don't generally go in and unpack trauma yeah. And especially, this is, you know, the basis of hypnosis as well. Mm. I'm not going to go in that a therapist does and we're not going to unpack trauma or go in and, mm. you know, go back deep into childhood stuff. There are certain modalities within this that, yes, we do and that that's okay if someone wants to do it. However, we look at where we are now, where we want to go, and what are the steps to build the bridge to get there. Yeah. And so... Just by doing the little things, you can't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day and the bridge between, you know, the now and the near future isn't going to be built in a day either. It's yeah. got to be, you know, sustainable, small steps that you can change your life to, you know, have this, this incredible life and live life on your terms. Yeah. Very much the way I'm doing it now in my life, mm. you know, and I've got to be living proof, you know, that I can help others in their life. So I kind of have to live through it all. And I feel like sometimes... Um, you know, the universe really tests me. I suppose it tests everyone, you know, it doesn't discriminate. And I feel like I, you know, have all these incredible experiences. And then I'll sit with a client and I'll be like, oh my God, that's why I had this experience. Yeah. 
there it is, you know, yeah. because I think to help them facilitate change within themselves, yeah. because I've had, you know, something similar that's happened. Yeah. You know? That's amazing. I know exactly what you mean, mm. especially with coaching and experiences. And I think mm. that everything we happen just builds a story. Like everyone Absolutely. has a story. And mm. so when you're going through really challenging times and you think, ah, oh, this is really frustrating, it's not the way I want, it's it's not, maybe it's really thrown everything off the deep end and, and we'll go into what some of your challenging times have been shortly. It's all part of a story, mm. a story that comes together yeah. and eventually your story doesn't end either. It just keeps getting built. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And I always, you know, I always sort of say, you know, what? how long are the rolling credits going to be at the yeah. end of my movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, all the people that I want to thank and, yeah. you, know, from, you know, winning an Oscar one day for... Best performing actress. <laughs> Let's work on that. <laughs> and so, what's been one of the most challenging um, times in throughout your, your? The most challenging. Look, the the breakdown breakthrough mm. was definitely the lowest and the highest. It's it's such a paradox, but it was the lowest and it was also the highest. It was the death and the rebirth. Yeah. It was closing a door to a life that I was like, you know what, I'm done. Yeah. From this day forth, I am slamming that door shut and I am done. And I released it. Like, you know, um, I don't know if you know this, but ugly crying on the floor when there's no sound coming out. <laughs> the ultimate in breakdown. Yeah. And it had to happen. Like, screaming, crying on the floor. And I had two friends by my side as well. They'd come, they, you know, saw that I was going through some stuff. They'd come to my house a couple of hours later. And I was crying, 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 just going through all the things, you know, going, I don't even want to be here anymore. On the floor, they came over, they just started hugging me. I dropped to the floor and I was just like head down on the floor, screaming with no voice, mm. like just lost it. And it was so beautiful. Yeah. And then eventually, like once it cleared, I was like, I have to get up now. Like yeah. life's going to go on. Yeah. Life's going to go on. Mm. And what magic in knowing that I get to design my life now. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to live with you know, labels and I'm not going to live, you know, societal norms, not that I really ever have. Um, <laughs> but I get to change my path and I get to write my own story and yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. So some of the ridiculous lows, you know, following the separation that I went through, you know, with my children's father, that was that was quite low as well. Mm. Um, so that had sort of been, you know, coming about for a while and, you know, when it all sort of actually happened you know, realizing that, you know, your partner of seven years, you're actually going to be separated from them and you've got children together and you've got a house together and there's so much to sort out. Yeah. But at the meantime, you've still got to work. You've still got to show up for life. You still have to try and provide some sort of normality with the children. You've got to face your family as well, yeah. who was very much like, well, why would you separate a, yeah. you know, a perfectly happy family? Mm. You know, you, you, you know, work through things kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so all these challenges. And then, you know, the year that I sort of, you know, between um, that happening, which was in the November and then doing my, my NLP stuff, you know, the following November and December, a lot had happened. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like I'd given myself permission to almost go off the rails but catch myself beforehand. I needed to find my feet again. Mm -hmm. I had to find out who I was as a person mm -hmm. And who I wasn't mm. as well. I had to get really clear on who I wasn't. Yeah. And so I kind of had to go through these experiences, um, which are all, you know, it's all part of the story. Yeah. You know, I've got, I've got a really fascinating story, which, you know, I could go on, you know, for hours and hours. Um, but the low point 
was just before I had the breakdown and, you know, one of my mentors had said to me, you know, he dropped some hard truths on me when I was doing this NLP course. He said, no one's coming to save you. Mm. And the penny dropped. And I was like, oh, my God, my whole life I have done something and someone's come to save me. Mm. Someone's come, like, whether it's been a partner, whether it's been my parents. And then I looked back and I was like, realizing that the rebellion was a cry for attention mm-hmm. and so you know rebelling in my teens um was me going mom dad i'm over here you know give me something yeah you know it all started to drop in and make sense yeah and so the fact that i you know that no one's coming to save you meant that i am 100 percent completely on my own in life and yes, sure, you know, there's definitely, you know, space for a partner and there's definitely like, there's, a, I have a very big social circle. I have a lot of connections in life, but I got really comfortable in knowing that it's okay if I'm on my own because I am in my own meat yeah. suit, as I call it. Yeah. I am, you know, a spiritual being having a human experience. I actually can't rely on anyone else to do anything you know, that serves me and my spirit. Mm -hmm. And look, you know, it's very different to saying, oh, you know, someone can help me do this and help me do that. That's what I'm talking about. It's that I am just, I'm a soul being. I'm that lone wolf, you know, and there's there's always, you know, connections with others. But, you know, in this life, Mm -hmm. it purely is just me. There's no one else up here. There's no one else in here that's purely me. So I had to get really comfortable with the idea that no one was coming to save me. Yeah. And then after doing that, it was like, wow, how freeing that is. Yeah. Because I'm not apt to impress anyone. No. I don't have to externally validate. Mm. Um, I don't have to rely on anyone else. And I did take it to the extreme. I'll give you an example of this. My independent white woman status said to me <laughs> one day, said, you can move that TV from one room to the other. And it's like a you know, big 40-inch flat screen. So white independent Jen <laughs> says, yeah. I got this. I don't, I don't need anyone. I wanted to move from one place in the house to the other. So I went, I wiggled this, you know, this massive TV onto a coffee table and I moved the TV unit where it had to go. And then I was like, all right, well, I'll move the TV and then the coffee table down there as well. And I even had it on blankets. Like I could move furniture around a house all by myself. And I dropped the TV and it smashed. And I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? I'm supposed to be this completely independent person. I don't have to ask for help. No one's coming to save me. I need to do this all by myself. But oh, why, why? You know, and then I was like, it's okay to ask for help. <laughs> you took it to the extreme. <laughs> I did take it to the extreme. And yeah. I had to learn from that too, yeah. that I could pull it back and I can call friends and go, hey, um, I need some help. Yeah. You know, because I got so, I yeah, like I said, took it to the extreme. I got comfortable in just thinking that no one was coming to save me. Yeah. And even though they're not, no one's coming to save me, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. It's okay that I can't pick up ridiculously big TVs on my own. You know, I had, I had to, um, my washing machine died and I had to get another one and I was like, but I don't have a ute and I can't pick it up. And then I was like, I have friends that have utes. Mm. I have friends with big muscles. It's and just I can just knowing call when them. To ask exactly. For help. Yeah. yeah. Knowing when to ask for help. So that was a massive realization for me. Yeah. So that's sort of been, you know, in a bit of a nutshell, the highs and the lows. Yeah. And I feel that we need to have these highs and lows constantly mm. 
Otherwise, it's really boring. Yeah. <laughs> You've given everybody such some amazing advice throughout the whole podcast. You've taught us to ask for help. Yes. <laughs> You've taught us to also don't stop until you find something mm. that lights up your soul. Mm. So if you're in a job or if you're in a business and your business doesn't, if you're hiding behind your business, like I have been in the past, like you mm. were, like my husband was for a period of time, it's because something's not resonating and you need to change it. So ask for help. Don't stop till you find your purpose. Is there any other advice that you'd like to give anybody who's thinking about going out to be either an entrepreneur or yeah. just trying to find what it is that they want to do in life? I would definitely say go within first. Yeah. Go within and go, does this light up my soul? And that's a question that I like to ask people. I don't generally like to ask, how are you today? I say, what lights up your soul if I meet someone that new? And they're like, whoa, whoa, you said what now? And I think that should be, you know, yeah. a conversation starter in general. Yeah. But ask it of yourself. Yeah. What lights up your soul? Mm. You know, what, what, what feels good on the inside? And not to make, you know, these impulsive decisions, to, you know, if they're big sort of life-changing decisions. Just sit with it for a bit. Yeah. You know, have a little bit of a plan about how it can work. But then once it feels good, just dive straight into it. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, that's okay too. Because it becomes part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. You're always you're always gonna be caught in yeah. some way. Yeah. It's all you're always gonna have people around you. You're always gonna have an experience. Mm. You know, it's all it's always gonna be okay. And it's actually all the way it's meant to be as well. Yeah. I won't sort of go into the whole meant to be thing. Um, because we'll be here all afternoon still. But everything, the way things plan out is the way it's purely meant to be. And you don't get to go back and change it either. Yeah. You know? So go within um, and have gratitude. Have gratitude for the journey. Mm. I've been doing um, a 31-day challenge. It's really not challenging at all, but a 31 days of gratitude. Um, which, and I'm, you know, sharing it on my, on my social media, on my, on my Instagram stories. And I'm grateful every day, you know, I do, I do gratitude all the time and it's really, really shifted my life in so many ways. Um, but even just sort of putting it out there to followers and just, you know, inspiring others to do it as well. Just sitting in gratitude for what you do have and for the experiences that you've had, yeah. the journey that you're on, yeah. you know, all the incredible things that you have in your life, mm. it just, that, that's where the warmth of the soul is yeah in gratitude yeah that's good advice thank you so much jen <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show thank you so much for diving into all of your experiences thank you so much for having lessons. me <laughs> i hope that everybody was able to gain something from jen's life and i'm sure that we've all been able to resonate with some <laughs> something there's a lot in there <laughs> um and i will make sure i post below any links um jen does do coaching and yes. you do have coaching clients um she's yeah. based in brisbane do you do it online as well yeah we do facetime yeah, oh, I, have, I have clients that we do FaceTime every fortnight. So, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely an option. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, I'll make yeah. sure I post all the links below. And, yeah, thanks so much for coming. Awesome. In, thanks, Jane.